This is the week of Thanksgiving. Talking about more than enough, huh? Thinking about um, the spread that often is there and more calories and more yummy things than we could possibly um, need or want. And I think that um, even as we get ready to enter into this sermon, I just want to say that when we sing that, God, you are more than enough, I think that so often we have too limited of an understanding of the riches that we have in Jesus Christ and who the Father is and who the Holy Spirit is because it is, um, he is so much more and so much better than any Thanksgiving feast that we might even be anticipating. And so I'm trusting that in his word today that we're going to be fed richly and that we're going to know him to be even um, more than who we um, came in knowing him to be. And so today we pick up on our sermon series on David. And um, we're looking at the end of his life. Uh, 2 Samuel 22 was our back reading, if you read that this week. Um, If you didn't, we're going to be looking at Psalm 18, and it's almost word for word. What, 2 Samuel 22. So um, fortunate for you, you're not missing a thing today. So um, anyway, we are so um, delighted to be learning from the Lord and learning about lives of worshipers, being a worshiper, being um, one who prays as we study David. And I want you to have the big idea of what this sermon is about and um, the big idea for this is this because of God's loyal love he delivers his children as they put their trust in him all right so God's loyal love because he loves and he's committed to loving his children he delivers us he saves us as we put our trust in him and so we're looking at what they say is probably the last song or psalm of David and so we're looking at a psalm of thanks and how appropriate it is, and we didn't plan this, but that we would be looking at a psalm of thanksgiving today as um, we have Sunday service before the week of thanksgiving. And um, David is giving thanks to God for his saving acts. And as we hear David give thanks to God and describe how God has worked in his life it, and his circumstances were dire and difficult it gives us hope because this is the same God and he works these ways in our lives and so we're going to read from Psalm 18 and Pastor Dave is going to read the passage for us and so Pastor Dave will you read for us church family I want to remind you of one thing as I begin to read and that is that the Psalms give us words for all of the different experiences and and emotions that we can experience in our lives And so sometimes when you read the words of a psalm like this one, they might strike you as kind of extreme. But when you're in a situation where you're stuck, where you're down, where you need help and deliverance, this is what it can feel like. And so this is, God even gives help to, to, to know how to pray and who he would be to us as we pray. So Psalm 18. I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the strength of my salvation, my stronghold. I called to the Lord who is worthy of praise 
And I've been saved from my enemies. The cords of death entangled me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called to the Lord. I cried to my God for help. From his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim, that's angels, and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his covering, his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, clouds advanced with hailstones and bolts of lightning. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at your rebuke, Lord, at the blast of breath from your nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me out into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has rewarded me, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned away from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands in His sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but bring low those who, whose eyes are haughty. You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his way is perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. He shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. 
and your right hand sustains me. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles don't give way. I pursued my enemies and overtook them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them so that they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me for, with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as wind-blown dust. I trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the people. You have made me the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be God, my Savior. He is the God who avenges me, who subdues nations under me, who saves me from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing love to his anointed, to David and to his descendants forever. Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, this is a um, message that I believe in a text that really depicts the entire Christian life. And so if you read through it, it starts with a relationship. And then it talks about difficulty and the need to be saved. And then learning to walk in our identity and the Lord strengthening and continuing on to give victory because of his unfailing love. And so even to spend time reading through and meditating on this um, psalm, I believe, is so rich and that you would be encouraged as you reflect on it this week. I want to make a few comments about this text. There's so much here. I said to Pastor Dave this morning, oh, I'd like to preach about a five-week sermon on this. And anyway, and he goes, I know that's the way we often feel, and we've got to make it just like fit in this one sermon. So anyway, just know there's much here and much more that could be said, but I want to tell you the battles are real. Can I get a witness? Amen. The battles are real. David's battles were real. What he faced just before he wrote this psalm were these things. His son who had turned against him, remember the coup attempt and trying to overtake the kingdom? And his son had died and he was grieving. Even though his son had acted horribly towards him, he was grieving the death of his son. Then there had been a three-year famine. And so um, there was crisis of resources. And so not only did he have relationship issues, but he had resource problems. And then he had enemy forces and the Philistines. And it had been battle upon battle upon battle. And so these were the things that he faced. These were the battles that he had faced most recently and that the Lord had given him victory over when he 
wrote this song and sang this song before the people. We have battles today. How many of you can say, I've never had a relationship difficulty? Probably, yeah, there's not very many hands, if any. I'm just saying. All right, and what about resources? Have we ever faced up against some resource problems? Maybe even today. We wonder where that turkey or ham might come from on Thursday. Or a resource of housing or resource of finances or whatever that resource is that maybe you're wondering about. That can be a real battle and a real challenge and it can create a spin of chaos and confusion in our lives as we wonder how is this going to all work out because it seems like it's like a vortex that's just kind of sucking us down. And then there's those enemies. And I don't know, this can be understood in a, a very like literal sense, but it also can be understood as things that are difficult that we struggle with, that problem that comes up time and time again. That's my old life, but I still struggle, and that temptation still comes, and that temptation still comes, and there's battles. And so this is written to talk to us to say the battles are real. And the descriptive words that were used in the um, psalm are very um, poetic, but they're very powerful to let us know, yes, these, these battles we face are crisis. We have a role in seeking deliverance or seeking to be saved from these crises. And the role that we have is in yellow there, um, David says, I take refuge. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. And so our role is to turn and to take refuge because you know you're going to go into some kind of bunker, some kind of shelter. You're going to look for some kind of safety. And this is a, um, a bomb shelter or something. But we're going to look for somewhere to find cover, to take refuge to go to a place of salvation. I thought this picture just won't get out of my mind, so I want to tell you about my grandparents' cellar. I spent summers in Kentucky, and sometimes they had um, tornadoes, and so they just warned us and took us down to the cellar that if ever there was a crisis, we would go to the cellar. Well, I loved that place because there was like a couple of rooms my grandpa's workshop was down there and there were all kinds of neat things he had all these mason jars with different nuts and bolts and whatever and then he had a leather pouch in there with all kinds of neat old coins and um, it just smelled like my grandpa and kind of musty a little bit too and well he kind of was whiskery and kind of musky but anyway and then there was my grandma's cellar and that um, she had all these canned goods and like she canned peaches and corn and green beans and everything and they were all on these beautiful shelves and they had put a rug it was a wood or uh, not a wood floor it was a dirt floor but they had put a rug down in there and all and um, they had spent time thinking about like the, if we ever had a crisis and it was kind of built on a hill in the mountains and so in the rock and so that would be that safe place and I actually kind of wish that we would have a crisis because I just wanted to spend time with the people I loved in this wonderful place And I think that so often we think of, oh, the Lord is my um, shelter, he's my fortress, my deliverer, but we aren't realizing the richness of that time, that we aren't going to a place, we're going to a person, the person of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
He's our refuge. He's our fortress. When we go to him, it's not going to be like horrible. It's going to be wonderful. Even in the midst of the crisis, we'll be in the safe little niche. So our role in seeking deliverance is to turn towards the Lord. Also, verse 6 says, In my distress, I called to the Lord. And so praying, bringing forth our needs, talking to the Lord. Well, I found this same verse is in Jonah. And so I want to be remindful and mind us all that um, we can go to the Lord right away or we can resist the Lord's purposes and the disaster and the chaos and the difficulties get worse, but eventually we can still call out to the Lord. And so wouldn't it be better if we just started to call out to the Lord in our distress right away? That takes humility and that takes dependence on the Lord. And so... David was in the deep waters. He's at risk of death. Disaster seems imminent, and he calls out to the Lord. He expresses his need. It says, in his distress, he called to the Lord. That distress, extreme anxiety, sorrow, pain, anguish, torment, despair. Have you ever felt any of those feelings? Call out to the Lord. David does not display denial. He recognizes there's a battle going on. He does not display apathy. He calls out. He does something about this crisis. And he doesn't display self-reliance. He's saying, I recognize I'm in over my head. This is awful. And he doesn't try to muster it up himself, but he calls out. To not call out would be pride to think that we could get through a disaster that was um, threatening our lives on our own. And so in our distress, we call to the Lord. And sometimes we need to be reminded that after he saves us, we stay engaged. Because it's after he's picked up out of that um, water that then he says, with my God, I can scale a wall. He gives me strength. I can get over the obstacles that I face. And so the Lord not only rescues us, but there's a role that we stay engaged with God's purposes in our lives. And so he says, I can scale a wall. I can um, advance against a troop. A troop is coming, and he's a single person, and he's saying, I can make forward motion, even against this opposing force, with my God. And so, again, this isn't like just a victim mentality, like, well, life's going to happen, and I just have to wait and see what's going to happen. But no, the Lord empowers and strengthens him to be able to stay engaged in the battle and to keep moving forward in God's purposes for his life. Because remember, David was anointed to be the king of Israel. And friends, we have an anointing, and we have God-given purposes. And so the Lord lifts us up. He saves us by the saving work of Jesus Christ. But then there's this ongoing work of living it out. And um, in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world, though Jesus says. And so he encourages us to stay in the battle, to continue to receive his strength, 
and to function in the ways that he would show us so that we can take to keep taking that forward motion, advancing against God's um, enemies and our own enemies. And I'm having some technical difficulties up here, and so I'm just going to... Um, if you can get that to go to the um, slide that says David stays engaged in the one after that, that would be great. God's role. God's role is that he heard David's cry. He was listening and he was waiting for David to reach out because God doesn't impose himself. But as soon as David cries, God hears from heaven and he responds and then we hear that fury and the um with the wind and the lightning strikes and so forth he comes down and rescues and he not only rescues but he delights he delights in david and so our role is that we reach out and we call out and we continue to pursue god's plans and purposes his role is that he saves he delivers and he continues to show us. Yeah, I'm just going to um, see if I can just go off my phone here a minute and skip that. God's power is fierce and it's full. When he comes against our enemies, he says, I'll contend with those who contend against you. Remember that scripture? And so we see this in David's life is that God comes and he starts to contend with the enemies. He routes them out. He scatters them. And so our God is a loving and a compassionate God to his children. And his fury is fierce. And his judgments will be full and complete against those who come against us. But it's God who avenges. It's God who gives justice and pays back. We don't seek revenge david didn't seek revenge against his enemies he let god be the avenger and remember david was so weak even though in his strength he's talking about his strength but yet david was so weak that it took the other men to go and fight the battle because he got exhausted if you read some of that stuff in between in second samuel and so god avenged He's the one that took care of Saul. He's the one that took care of the problem with Absalom. David didn't kill those people. God is the avenger. God is the one who will bring justice on earth as we call out and reach out to him. It's God who rescues the humble. And I want to tell you what that humble means. It means poor, weak, afflicted, needy, and oppressed. God cares about his children. He cares about the difficult situations that we go through. And he, just like a deep water rescue where you see the person going and there's this water and they go and they bring a basket or they reach out and rescue them. That's what God does to us. He reaches out in those chaotic places in our lives where we're saying, I don't know how this is going to work out and this is about to take me under. And we call out to the Lord and he comes like a deep water rescue to rescue his children. He cares about us. He cares about us when we're needy. He cares about us when we're oppressed. He sees the difficulty. And you see, that's why Jesus came down. He came down to relate into our condition Every situation that you faced, Jesus is our sympathetic high priest. He's the one who's gone before and he knows 
the difficult times that we've gone through. It's God who gives us strength. And over and over we hear this term strength in this psalm. He, he um, is the God who arms me with strength, verse 32. You armed me with strength for battle, verse 39. The Lord gives strength to the weak. And we're, as we're weak, he shows his strength. In this very psalm, it begins and it ends in love. And God's delivering work begins and ends in love. It starts with verse 1 and David saying, I love you, Lord, my strength. See, David had learned this intimate relationship with God because he had depended on him. They'd been through so many things together by this point in his life. I feel like David, I don't know if he's as old and white hair as me, but you know what? He looked back, and I think he looked back and just said, I love you, Lord, my strength. My God, I love you. The king stands up, and in front of all the people, he's talking, I love you. This word love, it's the only place in the Old Testament that it's used. And again, it's this word that, like the root means womb. From this deep place, I have this emotional response to you, God, because of all you've been to me. And you've shown me your unfailing love. And that's the way the psalm ends in verse 50, is talking about God's unfailing covenant love. Deliverance starts and ends and is completely encapsulated in God's unfailing love. What does this mean for you and what does this mean for me today? What this means is do we have a relationship with God? Can we say, my God, you are my rock, my fortress, my stronghold, my strength? Do we have a relationship? If you don't have a relationship with God, he invites you today to say, he says, I love you. Call out to me. Draw near to me. I'll draw near to you, he says. And so there's the opportunity today to receive this relationship and to start to walk into this loving relationship with God. What does this mean? psalm mean for us today it means that if you're going through a difficult time in your life maybe you're lonely maybe you don't know what thanksgiving's going to look like and you're dreading the holidays because this is the loneliest saddest time of the year you don't have to be alone there's that place there's that bunker there's that strong tower there's that refuge of being in a relationship with god and being placed in a relationship with a church family. What does this mean? It means that when we look back in life, think about it. David says he came down quickly and he promptly and he drew me up. But actually when he was living into it, it's like when you've got kids and um, people that are older go, oh, that goes so fast. And you think, really? (laughs) Really? This day is a long day with my kids. But I think that David can look back historically and say, God came promptly. And every moment where I was waiting for him, I was with him. And I was in relationship with him, and he was strengthening me, and he was helping me, and I was getting to know him, his character and his love better. And so the Lord brings us hope today. Whatever you're facing, whatever the situation, the Lord is present, 
He's eager and listening for you to call on him. And he wants to bring you hope because he doesn't just work this way with David, but he works this way in our lives. And I bet some of you can think of stories of ways that the God has saved you, that you've called out to him and he's been a help to you, that he's strengthened you somehow to get through something that looked like a big, big wall to scale. And I wish the picture could have been up there because it was a rock climber and getting up to the top and going over that ledge. But he's helped you somehow this year. He's helped you to get through something that you just thought, this looks impossible. I'm going to ask the Anjuskis right now to come forward, Robert and Nancy. They, come on. They, they've gotten something in the last couple of years that um, I was remembering last night, and I called them up. If you get a call from Pastor Gina or Pastor Dave on Saturday night, <laughs> please still answer your phone. <laughs> but um, I remembered a story that I had heard, and I ask if you would share it about a way that the Lord, when you called out, he helped you with something that kind of seemed impossible. Could you tell us about that? Yeah, about a year. I think so. Okay, about a year or so ago, we were having um, problems with our housing, and um, we were going to be basically thrown out after 27 years of living there, and we didn't know what we were going to do because we haven't been in the housing or anything for 27 years, so we didn't know the prices of anything, or, you know, how's this all going to work? He only gave us 30 days to move out. Um, so we didn't have the finances. We didn't have anything. We didn't even know what we were going to do. So as it come down to it, just started praying, and you know, it was about probably two or three times a day. It's like the devil would come in and say, well, it ain't going to happen. And you can see. Lord ain't doing nothing for you. You know, it ain't going to happen. I was like, well, you know, everything through God is possible and it's going to happen. And I kept that up. And before he knew it, it was about a couple weeks later. We found a place, found the money for it, and been happy ever since. <laughs> the Lord provided. Definitely. Thank he you. Does. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much for sharing that. How has the Lord been at work? How have you um, experienced that the Lord lives? How have you experienced the living Lord in your life this year? Come on up. This is a time of giving thanks to the Lord and testifying about his goodness. And so um, I bet somebody has something to share about God's goodness in this past year. Hello. Y'all know I've been fighting cancer now for the last six months, basically, and I've been in a lot of extreme pain. Not only that, I started chemo roughly seven weeks ago, and the pain has been excruciating on me. Well, right now, I've, uh, in deep prayer, I've been with the Father and Lord Jesus, and I've been 11 days pain-free. Not only that, uh, chemo beats you down, and you don't have no energy. Uh, you have no appetites. Well, I have an appetite now. I'm actually able to get out and do things. So I thank the Lord every day, and I go to him every day in praise, because uh, he's done this for me. And uh, I pray for all of you that he will bless you just the same, because there's no difference between I or anybody sitting in here. Mm-hmm. He hears all the same. He's, he's not uh, judging one mm-hmm. from the other, because he loves us all. And all he asks mm-hmm. is for us to go to him daily, if so, twice a day. Well, I, 
prayed to him a lot because I'm in pain sometimes, but I have not been able to take any Norcos from extreme pain because I have complete nerve damage on the left side, not one. All I ask the Lord, and he supplies me with them. Like, I can come here without crying. So mm-hmm. I thank him. And I thank all of you for your prayers, too. Praise God. Thank you. Others that want to give thanks to God, want to praise him for something, share a story. I uh, was brought to so low in my life uh, because of my mistakes. And uh, it was finances. And nobody knew about anything. And uh, I, I mean nobody. And, uh, and so I'm carrying this load. And the pastor came once on a Sunday morning and says, I don't know, but he had this dream and and he didn't know it was for me to lift me up because God did not forget me. That gave me so much strength. And everything resolved positively, but I didn't know it at that time. And uh, I just praise God. I just thank him. Praise God. Others. David? Um, my brother, uh, he was incarcerated for something that, I mean, it was really devastating in the community as well. I'm, I lived in Lowell for a long time. A friend of mine, schoolmate, that, I mean, we, we grew up like this, you know? And she died because he fell asleep at the wheel. They were engaged. They gave him five to 15 years, and then within a month of him going to prison, he's, his sentence was reduced to five to 15 months, and he was eligible for boot camp, which would put him at a maximum of like six or eight months or something like that. And he was always the good kid. He never got in trouble. And then as well as, I mean, that going on, I mean, I was able to, like, really get up on my feet because I had been down for a long time. Self-hatred really tore me apart. Um, I mean, now all I can show is love and happiness for myself as well as everyone else I'm around. With that, I have a lot to be grateful for. Amen. David is one of our neighbors. We met him Friday night, and he lives right around the corner. So make sure you introduce yourself, and if you're around the neighborhood, show where you live so he can meet some more of the neighbors. Other, other stories, other people that want to give testimony. I'm going to cry. Um, God has been so good to me in giving all of you to be my family and people I can trust and I can call on in the, in the time of need. He has just given me so much since July, and I am so thankful. I didn't know 
how to handle situations that I was dealing with. And I'm kind of in one now, and I've been praying about it. But he just gives me peace. He gives me comfort, and he keeps my faith strong. Even on holidays when I don't have nothing, I've always got friends I can call on the phone and tell them Happy Thanksgiving. You know, they were family. I wait until later on six tonight, <laughs> so I don't interrupt anybody. He has just changed my life, and I am so thankful for Pastor Gina, Pastor Dave, Pastor Jalicia, and all of you. You've made my life, made me realize that there are people that care. They're not all bad. But I pray for them, too. And we love you. I think I see Betty's hand went up. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just praise God because... I have gone through some trials myself this year. And I thought, boy, 2017 was going to be a good one. But boy, when I went, what didn't, I went down. I had two surgeries at one time. I had to be put on dialysis. And praise God, I am no longer on dialysis. And he just blesses me so much every day of my life. And I just give him all the praise. Amen. Praise God. I want to, I want to say, and uh, and I love you, Lord, like David, and just to talk about the constant presence of God with me to encourage and give um, comfort. And one way that I saw that this last week, I shared with the worship team this morning, was on Wednesday night. I was driving down here for a board meeting and um, just felt the Lord lead me into prayer. And it was like the kind of prayer where you're just yelling, like calling out, like just I was just crying out to God for him to bring breakthrough in a few situations of stuckness. And um, just so just just prayed strongly with the help of the Holy Spirit. And um, after the board meeting, Pastor Gina and I were walking out, and I thought, I'm going to just share with her that I felt led to pray this way and um, that God brought me great encouragement as I prayed. And so I started to share it with her, and she started to smile. And I said, what? And she said, um, well, actually, I was praying the exact same way on the way down here, and the Lord was giving me the image of a snow plow, the way that it breaks through the snow and parts it, and showing that he was going to bring breakthrough. So that in and of itself was super encouraging, right? The Lord's moving through you to pray the same way and telling you he wants to do something and he's going to do it. So then on Friday night, I thought, I thought I'll share this with Anne. Like, this is really encouraging. And I'm sharing it with Anne, and she starts to smile. And she says, I was driving to the grocery store after dropping the kids off at gyms and cadets at West End Church, and the Lord moved on me to pray the exact same way. No kidding. <laughs> and, then, and then she went on to tell me another time the Lord moved on her to pray this week um, that was also just beautiful and miraculous. But, but the, the point is this, that the Lord's, we, we don't always get these encouragements, but he brings them. He's always with us, always hearing us. And I, and I just praise him that he gives us those when we need him. I'm with you. I'm hearing you. I'm working through you. So I just say with David, I love you, Lord. Mm-hmm.
second, Anna Marie. Thanks for making me not get up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, most people don't have a clue of what my life has been or how horrific some things have happened. Um, but um, I praise the Lord because He's done miraculous things and He has taken. Um, brokenness and things that humans should never have done to humans and has said, I say you're good. And I will use all of the things that have happened to you that um, were meant to tear you down and destroy you and kill you. Um, I'm going to use those for good. And this year um, I spent a a lengthy time this summer um, in a follow-up of prayer ministry and um, God just did some massive closing of doors that had... um, remained touched by the enemy that was um, still bringing mental trauma and just basically did a whole wiping of everything. It's like, okay, so here you are. You are no longer this small little bungalow of a house. You are a big place that I am filling with myself and my presence so that you can bring others to me. So it is a huge place from a thanks that I'll overflow in and say, thank you, Lord, for healing, and thank you, Lord, for ministry, and thank you for what you're going to do now. Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Mark. Yeah, um, well, how can I, I I was just sitting there thinking, how can I not share about um, this beautiful little girl that we have, whose one-year birthday is today. Um, We had been praying for many years that God would um, connect us up with a baby and, and put a baby in our family, and a year ago, we got a call from foster care, um, and it's and Raylan came into our family. It's been a really hard year for us with all of the ups and downs of foster care. Um, we've just had so many people praying for us and with us, and we've been on our knees a lot. And um, God is just answering those prayers. He's taken her out of a, a dangerous situation where um, when she was born, she almost didn't make it. And um, he's made a way for us to be able to start adopting her in the new year and so we're so thankful for that and we're so thankful for everyone who's come alongside us and prayed with us so thank you all and praise Jesus thank you is there another well um, I went to camp this year and, like, God showed me something, like, real different. Um, I had, like, a prayer appointment or whatever. And he showed me my mom because, like, I, my mom passed away when I was in middle school. And um, I was just really hurt and stuff. So um, I went to my prayer appointment. I almost missed it, though. I almost. Um, and I went in there, and they prayed over me. And then they told me to close my eyes and see, like, what I see. And then I saw God, like, come in and stuff. He asked me, like, what I was hurt about and stuff. I was, like, I was hurt about my mom and stuff. And then he asked me, like, did I want to see my mom? And I was, like, yeah, I do. And he left, came back with my mom, and I just started crying, bawling my eyes and stuff. And then after that, I was just happy and everything. I just feel like I was, like, a new person. Like, it wasn't, like... No more, like, sadness and nothing. She just told me, don't worry about it. She's, like, in a good place and stuff. And I was just so happy after that. And I just felt like it was overwhelmed. 
my stuff just came off for me. All the sadness was gone. Numbers, happiness was in my heart and everything. And I just thank God for it. Thank you so much for sharing. We're so um, grateful. And one of our Gold Rush, well, actually, we've got several of our Gold Rush students here. I'm grateful to have you here and participate. Anybody else? I don't want to cut it short if there's another praise to the Lord. How about me, Pastor Gina? All right, well, then I think that finishes it up because I want to, um, I want to tell you how good God is. Somebody asked me um, this, uh, earlier this year, Pastor Gina, you never really pray about your mom. How's your mom or did she pass away? No, she hasn't passed away, but she is declining deeply with Alzheimer's. And I'd say, as far as um, feeling the torrents of chaos and how emotionally that's been for me this year, this has probably been one of the harder years of my life. And uh, I've lost so much hair, I think, from stress, like just the stress of it. And God is faithful. He just is with me. And he helps me have hope and courage and strength to trust that he's in control. And that someday I'm going to look back like David and say, you've conquered every one of my enemies, including Alzheimer's and my mom. Because, friends, we have a new creation to look forward to. If she's not saved on this side, someday, just like what you testified about your mom, there's going to be a better place. And those that know Jesus are going to be there. And we're going to have the most wonderful eternity. And so I praise God that he's given me strength. And he's given me the support of people that occasionally ask or give me a hug or say something. That just helps make my day a little brighter. And so God is good all the time. And we give thanks to him because he is alive. Amen. Amen. Amen.